From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is now recommending that people wear face masks throughout most of New York State. And in Onondaga County, 100 or more cases of COVID-19 are being diagnosed each day. Here with me to help us understand that we're still in the midst of a pandemic are Talisa Stewart, who's a doctor of public health and an associate professor in Upstate's Department of Public Health and Preventive Medicine, and Christopher Morley, professor and chair of that department. Welcome back to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Stewart and Dr. Morley. Nice to be back. Thank you. Now, I note for our listeners that you both study disease trends and public health. You're, you're not medical doctors. But a few months ago, it seemed like we were done with COVID, and then the numbers are now going back up again. So what happened? Well, I think most uh, public health professionals understood that we were by no means done with the, the pandemic, or more precisely, the pandemic was not done with us. Um, the the uh, the emergence of variants has always been predicted. It's always been baked into the cake, and our ability to stay ahead of variants was always predicated on our ability to to get people vaccinated. The less a virus has the opportunity to uh, spread to replicate, uh, the less it evolves. The more it replicates, the more it has opportunity to evolve. And vaccination cuts off the opportunity to replicate. So as long as we have a substantial portion of the population unvaccinated, it will continue to evolve. So nobody uh, in the public health realm, I think, thought this was done. And most of us thought we were, we were going to see other surges. And to be perfectly blunt, as, until we have everybody vaccinated, we'll see surges in the future. So I think probably most of our listeners have heard of the Delta variant. But why do you think so many people seem unaware of this surge, the Delta surge? Dr. Stewart? Yeah, I think, you know, we've gotten to a point where our society is just, we're tired, we're exhausted, and, and we have just tuned this out. Uh, and as things are emerging and escalating, I think we've just gotten a bit desensitized to the situation around us. Uh, and so there is messages being put out about the Delta variant and the increase of infections in our area. But I, I think we're focusing on other things like masking and vaccination. And so this is just kind of lower on our list of things to pay attention to. Well, I want to ask you about which numbers are important to track. So what does the number of new cases indicate? So the number of new cases, uh, well, I think that speaks for itself. It tells us how many people are getting sick, but we trade, we specifically track the number of new cases per day. That's uh, basically uh, an approximation of incidence or how many, how many new cases are emerging in the population. Now, tra tracking cases is, is involves tracking the number of people who test positive. And it's possible asymptomatic people are walking around with, with the COVID-19 uh, virus that who are untested. So it's not precisely exactly the same thing as incidents, but it's close enough. So we track this because we, we try to make sure that we're watching the rate at which new cases are emerging. The number of cases obviously can be distressing if it's high, but we also watch if it's persistent as opposed to a single cluster breaking out. If we're turning at the same or more numbers every day, we know we've got a, 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 more, um, a more chronic and long-term problem than if we have one uh, quick burst of, of cases. And what we're watching closely is how that tracks alongside the hospitalization rate or how many people are in the hospital at any given time. Because 
Uh, one thing that's been apparent with with vaccination is that early on, in, when when vaccines became available, we vaccinated our oldest and most at risk populations, uh, subpopulations first. And so right now, hospitalizations are increasing at slightly less uh, uh, of a pace than than cases, but hospitalizations are going up as well. I do want to make that clear. That's an argument both for the severity of what we're seeing, that hospitalizations are increasing, but also for the effectiveness of the vaccinations that we've uh, we've, we've gotten into people because those are actually uh, doing a little, doing the work to, to keep some of the, uh, the, the population at least out of the hospital. Now, only a small percent of people who are infected actually wind up dying from COVID, but is the death rate an important number to track as well? Of course, deaths matter, and deaths matter uh, at, at a very fundamental, uh, as a f very fundamental human concern. But the bottom line is what will really be disruptive is uh, the number of hospitalizations, because that's what will impact the, the healthcare system. And the overall spread, because the more the virus is spreading to people who might not die, the more they are then passing it on to people who may be hospitalized, uh, permanently uh, affected with, with long-term um, sequela or with death. So um, the death rate matters in terms of our, our, uh, our moral imperative to address the situation, but in terms of managing the epidemic, it actually is, is one of the things we, we tend to not focus on primarily because we've got a lot of precursors, how many people are getting sick, how many people are entering the hospital that uh, lead up to that death rate that we have to manage um, before people are dying. Now, when the pandemic began at the very beginning, public health experts talked about the R not. Can you remind us what that is and then explain uh, how it compares from the original coronavirus to the Delta variant? Absolutely. So R is the reproductive rate. It's how quickly a virus uh, reproduces. Uh, we've actually talked about it in this show, but very quickly, the R naught or R zero is the the rate at which we estimate a pathogen replicates when it's unfettered by uh, interventions, when it's not hitting a wall of vaccinated people, when it's not hitting masks, when people aren't distance, distancing. What does it look like? How quickly does the does does a pathogen replicate through a population? When people are doing nothing to stop it, right? If, if the population is naive, has no immunity, and just just lets it roll, the thing we actually watch closely on 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 a, on a weekly basis is the RT or the reproductive rate at a given time, and that's how the virus is moving uh, in response to how people are behaving, the level of immunity in the community, and so forth. And we circulate around the number. We circle the number one because if if we're at a one, an RT of one. That means that every that every case is infecting on average one other person. That's when you have a basically flat curve. A flat curve is fine, but if you've got 500 cases a day, you don't want 500 new cases every day. So you want the R to be below one. That's when you know an epidemic is turning around for the time being. An R of, of, of more than one means that every every case is infecting more than one person. So how the R not or the, the R not for this Delta variant compares previously is we assume that uh, there are very very different estimates, but everybody uh, was in within a range of somewhere between um, two and three for an R value an R not value for the original uh, the original uh, SARS-CoV-2 virus that impacted and caused COVID-19. At this point, we we see early estimates of the Delta variant having an R value, an unfettered 
a reproductive rate of somewhere between five and eight, basically like chickenpox. It's that it's that contagious. So it's really upped its game. This is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with two experts from Upstate's Department of Public Health and Preventive Medicine, Dr. Chris Morley and Dr. Talisa Stewart. Now, one big difference between August 2021 and August 2020 is the availability of the vaccine, at least for adults. So how much of a difference do you think the vaccine has made, Dr. Stewart? You know, when we look at the number of infections uh, before the vaccine, we used to see big spikes in infections and then come down. Uh, but now with the vaccine out there, we're starting to see uh, a pretty sharp increase, um, but then things start to look like they're flattening out. We saw that in the kind of the April and May, and we're, we're hoping that this new uh, spike in infections now will have a similar trend, but um, more, to, more to come, right, as we, we weather this storm together. Can you help us understand, though, if we have this vaccine that is so powerful, why are we seeing a surge? One thing to remember is that uh, the vaccine is not 100% uh, effective, right? So there's nothing out there that would 100% prevent infection. So we know that the at least the mRNA vaccines are have a really strong uh, protection against the Delta variant. And so research that came out in July uh, from the New England Journal of Medicine that looked at um, how the vaccines performed with the Delta variant. And it shows that 88% um, coverage with the vaccine. So that's against the sniffles, that's against any type of symptom. Um, you know, for some people who get, uh, who are vaccinated and they do get uh, Delta, they might get nothing. They might get uh, some sniffles and cough, or they might feel more sick and have to stay at home. Um, and so there's a severity range here that comes into play. Um, but that's, we know that that vaccine works. We can see it uh, and it is providing uh, a fair amount of protection. It sounds like what you're saying is even if you're vaccinated, this is not the time during the Delta surge to go back to life before the pandemic. Masking, distancing, are those things you're still recommending? Absolutely. I think, you know, you kind of have two buckets going on. There's the bucket of for yourself, right? How do you keep yourself safe, right? And how do you keep yourself from getting Delta or spreading Delta? Uh, and to do that, that is masking, that is washing your hands. Uh, and so there's making sure you have a vaccine. But for, you know, the other bucket, that is how do you protect the loved ones around you? And so for many of, many of our families, um, there is kind of that mix of people in your household. So you have half the people vaccinated. You have some people who are not vaccinated. And how do you weigh the? How do you weigh your own personal lifestyle against protecting your family? So I think, you know, in that instance, um, you can, as a vaccinated person, you can get Delta. You can spread it. And so uh, making sure that you take all those precautionary measures that you were doing. Uh, before the vaccine, you want to do them now to protect the people who are not uh, vaccinated. How can we tell when the pandemic is over? Dr. Morley? Well, we have um, we have a number of indicators, but you have to watch them together. What I would say, uh, one of them is when you see our uh, values or reproduction rates dip below one, that's a, that's a way we look, but uh, the, the general public can look on the various dashboards 
uh, you know, that, that are out there. And if the curve is going down and it's low and, and we, we see single digits of cases or, or if it's even non-existent for a period of time, we know this is no longer an epidemic situation or a pandemic situation. Um, the, the, the thing that concerns me is that we will see some, some surges and, and retractions and new surges. So it won't be something we can declare over at an instant because we will see the current spike, which is quite alarming right now, just to be clear. You mentioned we're seeing cases top 100 per day. Uh, several of the past days, we've had uh, cases over 100. Um, that's that's quite alarming. And to put that into context, um, we saw that we saw that at the beginning of the catastrophic uh, late fall and winter spike. We were we were about uh, 100 cases a day at the very beginning of that spike. We ended up eventually cresting 400, even coming close to 500 cases a day at at some points over that. It, just in our county alone. Um, but to put that also in perspective, in the 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 first part of the pandemic wave as it reached through central New York, we were actually making about 30 to 50 cases a day. So we're already doubling the, the rate of, 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 of cases we're observing emerge in the community as we did when we shut down the first time. So it's gonna, it, it, it'll be, uh, we'll know it's over when we've actually had, I'd say a good uh, six months to a year where we've had a minimal caseload with no new surges. And that's really only going to come once we've actually adequately built up a wall of vaccination and, and community uh, protection. Until then, we do know how to operate effectively. We know masks work. We know we have some of the best vaccines ever invented in, in terms of their, their efficacy in preventing people from being hospitalized or dying. And um, we know when we, we know how to be careful. We've all learned these things in a year and a half and we keep, can keep doing them. And um, I think it's just a matter of people understanding the gravity of the current situation, understanding that we may see other waves and uh, to do things to protect ourselves because we have those within our grasp now. When it first hit, a, hit us, we didn't necessarily know those things we do now. This is important information. Thank you so much to Dr. Talisa Stewart, a doctor of public health and an associate professor in Upstate's Department of Public Health and Preventive Medicine, and to Dr. Christopher Morley, professor and chair of the Department of Public Health and Preventive Medicine at Upstate. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and radio talk show, HealthLink on Air.